Welcome back. It's another Rob and Eritrea show. We've been, I guess I've been, I've had a lot of busy stuff going on in my life. With this move, we're in a new place. We have have done a lot of recreation and that's taken me a little bit away from diabetics doing things, but we've also announced our first event, which at the time of publishing will be happening very soon, April 15th. We're going to continue to do more events, so be on the lookout for that. So the last episode was Rob and Eritrea show March, which I really enjoyed. I even listened to driving in the car. I thought it was really great. And a lot of people had really good notes on. And here we're back again for April for Robin Eritrea part two. And we have some awesome guests that we've booked and yeah. have not yet recorded interviews on. So I'm very excited for this next crop of guests on the pod. So more content coming to you soon. And I'm excited. So how are you? Time is you. flying. I feel like we just recorded March and it's already, today is April 5th. So things are just zooming along and i can't believe we're in a new place i know you kind of skipped over the moving here but i met like i we recorded episodes at the other office and now we're recording here so it's just a new setup new vibes yeah changes coming i don't know a new era for rob <laughs> agreed i think i i'm weird about spatial relationships i even ever since i was little like when i go to school i do school when i'm at home i go to sleep like it's just like and I'm, when i'm at work i need a place that i can be really creative and i love that other office it was so cool and unique but it just wasn't big enough and it was kind of quirky and weird in the end i think you know the novelty had worn off on me but a shout out cadiz it was a it was a solid office and we did a lot of episodes there even before like you know during the pandemic that was kind of yeah. our, like spot to, to meet up so good times good yeah. good times so we've been home and you've been evolving right so I haven't gone anywhere. When you say, how have you been? It's just like, I feel like every time we record a Robin Eritrea show-esque thing, it's like, I've been jet setting, but keeping with my promise, I have been home. Chilling. Yeah, you were tired. You are gassed in that last episode. Oh man. Yeah, I was over it. I just come back from being overseas and I just, so I feel a lot better now. I'm refreshed. I don't look as crazy. But like, my, my curls are curling. They look good. So things are good. Yeah. And it's Ramadan. It uh, is. At the time of recording. So... You've talked at length, not only on this podcast over the years, but also elsewhere in publications about your Ramadan practice. You are not fasting. No. Nope. And that's not new, obviously. That's that's part of your practice. But how has Ramadan been for your diabetes? Everything good? Um, Some stuff has happened, so we'll talk about it more on the episode. But with Ramadan-wise, I actually... Okay, so I told you a little bit last time, but my dad's not in town because he's in Egypt, and I'm not married anymore. So I live by myself. And I just do whatever I want, which is not good. Not good. I'm not on my like p like pious deity focused Ramadan vibe. I don't know why, but I've just been like sleeping in and kind of being a, you know, just bump on a log, not really, you know, engaging. So I did decorate my house for the holidays. I did have an iftar meal with my family, but it's just not the same, I think, without my dad. So and that's, you know, posed some interesting questions in my head, like what mm -hmm. my future in life will be like. But yeah, so I need to kind of get on it. Cause yeah, I, I always say this, but like, I am a Muslim, but I am not the face of Islam. Like I have my own relationship with my creator. So for those of you who are practicing Ramadan and observing and doing everything right, good for you, man. Like pray for me and my eternal soul. Cause I'm not doing so well right now. I think it's interesting though. Like part of Ramadan is like reflection. And so you're doing that like very much in practice and like very much like you know, acknowledging the changes in your life. So maybe, yeah. maybe a little grace for yourself there. All is good. Not not too much. Not being too hard on myself. I did learn something new about Ramadan and diabetes yesterday, actually. So I was reading a Reddit thread and it said that, did you know, blood and the flow of blood 
breaks your absolution, which breaks your fasting. So that's why people who have diabetes, if your blood like flows, like if you prick your finger and there's actual flow, that breaks your fast. Hmm. I didn't know. 20 years on this planet, no idea. But anyways, yeah, I learned something yesterday. So. Interesting. Just also goes to show you just learn shit. All the, I mean, learn stuff every day. So. I hope somebody listens to this and can explain. The, yeah. The <laughs> For our like 1% followers who are observing Ramadan. Well, very cool. So where are we going? Where are we starting today? We've been home for a bit. And in the last couple of weeks, actually yesterday and even maybe this morning, there's been a ton of thunderstorms, lightning, bad stuff going on. Tornado watches all over the nation, I've noticed. Eric and I have been talking about it in Dallas. Is like that every day is just gray. We call them 730 days where every day looks like 730 a.m. Okay. <laughs> Start to finish. It never like the sun never comes out. It's always cloudy. And that really just dampens both of our moods. I think we're just like children of the sun. So yeah. We like when it's when the sun's not coming out at our house in the morning, we're both like like in the sp- like SpongeBob when he like doesn't have <laughs> He's water. He's dried out. Yeah, we're just like <laughs> that's how we feel. We're just so, Texans, man, but like basically so there was a tornado a couple weeks ago and one of them hit down close to my house and my whole fence was like leveled out and it just got me thinking also on the news a lot of people have been seeing tornadoes and it's like kind of seems like national disasters are in the ethos and I just want to Make sure people with diabetes are prepared and are staying prepared. So that's kind of why I wanted to. Yeah, let's talk about it. I think there's a couple of really good articles. I'm sure Diatribe has one. Like Beyond Type 1 did one a few years ago after like Hurricane Irene yeah. uh, in Houston and was like really, you know, there was a big coalition of like online folks who were rounding up insulin and driving it down. And yeah, I remember that really. Yeah, the natural disasters and diabetes like conversation was was also top of mind at the time. So. Well, I mean, it's April showers, right? So I think the main takeaway here is for people with diabetes, if you have diabetes or you love someone with diabetes, you take care of someone with diabetes, have a go bag. We were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. but like staying prepared is just paramount when you live with type 1, type 2 or any type of diabetes. So you need to have a go bag right now. It's April showers. Anything could happen. You could run out of electricity. Diatribe does have articles, natural disaster strategies for people with diabetes. Check it out. Uh, one of the main ones on there is to keep your devices charged. You know, like I'm someone who runs around with low battery. I think I have 10% on my pump right now. But if you are at home, like make sure you're charging your devices because what if you lose power and mm. that could be a bad situation? Yeah, my pumps don't charge. My pumps are on batteries. So Ooh, fancy. I, uh, I always have to keep extra batteries as part of my diabetes. Even when I travel, like, you know, there's been times where I had everything that I needed on the trip except for the battery. And it's like a battery really has nothing to do with diabetes. You can go into any convenience store and get one pretty easily. But in the middle of the night, in a hotel, it's not always so simple. So. Do you have like a emergency kit? Like, I don't know. I'm not the most prepared person, but I feel like you would. If all the people I know in my life, Rob, Mr. Rob, is prepared, like, I, I am I putting you on the spot? <laughs> I don't have an. I don't have a go bag. It doesn't mean that I haven't thought about it. Okay. Uh, I'm planning to come to your house if there's an apocalypse, Rob. I need you to have a plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a smart plan for you, honestly. I do have like a note on Notion, which is this program I, and like software I use. I have like an entire like. <laughs> step-by-step process of what I need to do to my house to make it apocalypse ready. And there's a car and there's a bag. Okay. But my diabetes travel bag is is ready to go at a moment's notice. And I have it like kind of on my little shelf in my office. So it's not like I'm totally unprepared. But I also don't have like a bag that's just on ice ready to roll. Yeah. No, I'm not the most prepared person. But once I like wrote these questions and thought about it some more, I did make myself like a little lunchbox in the fridge that i could just like grab that has like extra cables i don't know if it's bad to refrigerate those but like the bottles and everything else that you could need i i got it from 
so my recent prepping, like, you know, it, there's a fine line between being prepared and being a doomsday prepper. Yeah, okay? I was wondering what if you were. <laughs> there's a fine line between like just being ready to go and like having stuff and like, you know, you've got an axe wrapped up in a duffel bag with a sleeping <laughs> bag an axe. and like, and, and like, you know, distilled water in your garage and stuff, right? So I watched The Last of Us, which I think a lot of people did. Okay. And the third episode is this beautiful episode that where the guy plays Ron Swanson, his name escapes me right now, Nick Offerman, and then the guy from White Lotus season one are like lovers during this like post-apocalyptic The hotel war. guy? The hotel guy, Okay. Yeah, the guy that plays... You know, I can't remember his name. Stop my head. The anyway, main hotel guy. Okay. Uh, Ar- Armand. Thank you. Erica's here with us. Yes. Today. Armand in, in the White Lotus. So they are, uh, they meet, like they, he traps him in a pit. <laughs> and so this, uh, the Nick Offerman character is in this town and he has like a, a shelter and he starts the natural gas. He has a natural gas generator and he's like living his best life, like yeah. basically alone at his house, totally secure during the apocalypse. Okay. And I was just watching this and... I was like, man, like I, if the apocalypse happened tomorrow, I'm dead. Like, you know, that you know, I like my chances for the most part as a as a survival person. Yeah. And I, you know, I want to be confident, but there's some things I'm just not ready for. And the first, you know, there's a lot of things in the house. Like I don't have a crawl space shelter. I don't have any of that stuff. And I'm not saying that I need one. So then it like started this like thing of like, okay, well, what things do should I have to be prepared? Because it came back to the 2021 ice storm. Yeah, that's uh, see, that's what I was thinking well. about. And I felt I never felt more helpless and more insignificant than that weekend or in that week. So, again, talking with Erica about it and trying to figure out, like, okay, well, what are the things that would really help make our lives much easier or much less stressful in the event of a grid shutdown or in the event of something bad happening? Yeah. And so I have a short list of that stuff, but I don't also, you know, haven't gone to, to like Outdoor World or Fast Pro, Shop. Pro Shops and like <laughs> loaded up on stuff or put it on a credit card or anything like that. So yeah, it's it's a fine line, but I'm working my way there, and I'm sure some some people will be like, yeah, yeah, it'll resonate with some folks. Yeah, just stay ready so you don't have to get ready, and stay safe is is my main thing. Is like I'm just thinking about the people who, I don't know, like crazy stuff happens every day. There's you know awful things that are happening in the world. So make your little bag. It doesn't have to be. A box from Home Depot or Bass Pro Shop, but just like a little, a little insulin bag, something with some stuff, so you can run if you have to run. And for at least a day. The things that we always talk about, and it's been a popular discussion topic in the diabetes community every now and then. Of like, what do you do? What's your apocalypse plan? Like in the in the event of a zombie apocalypse. Well, you told like, me that there's like a recipe for insulin. At first, I was like, I'm a goner. I was like resolved to die, but now Rob, you've given me hope for life. So well, I'm just gonna come to your crib. There's this amazing story about these. These folks who immigrated from Germany and mm-hmm. you know fled Germany, I guess refugees from Germany in World War II, who went to China and were working in this like basement laboratory and made insulin, made their own insulin. So it had already been discovered; it had been around like twenty years. But they basically built a formulary to make it for themselves, and they used like they had their timeline. The insulin that they brought with them was their timeline to get the insulin done. That's crazy, and it, it's really cool. There's, there's, I'm not doing the story justice. Maybe we need to dig deep. Yeah, honestly. Was, when I when I read about it, it was one of the more inspiring things that I've ever heard. And you know, I think desperate times call for desperate measures, but sometimes that sparks real meaningful innovation and and you know, awesome projects. Yeah. So, talking about having what you need and just segueing into this move of yours, I know you did a lot of like moving around as far as like 
boxes back and forth, moving from one side of Dallas to the other side of Dallas. Like, what were the blood sugars like? Moving is so stressful. We both bought a house in the last two years. So having to do it again, it kind of sucks. Yeah, so moving offices is not as bad, knock on wood. It wasn't as bad for me, I guess. It wasn't bad. I'm sure, you know, other people may say it differently, but it wasn't as bad for me as like moving a house because there's so much like more stuff, A, and, and there's less people to help. So it was a team effort. And to me, I didn't have any real blood sugar issues. I had like maybe a severe low, like after like a full day of moving, like during the move itself, like it wasn't that big of a deal. Okay. So, but people often say that like cleaning and moving are like the things around the house that really drop their blood sugars low. So I was kind of expecting to have a little bit more of a, of a challenge, but I was, I was pretty solid, honestly, that my blood sugar was not great or my blood sugars were great. You know, overall, my blood sugars have been kind of mid recently. And so it was funny watching, posting that video and people were like, oh, you were laughing at me, like yeah. being my blood sugar being in range and we were checking it on camera. Yeah. And that does seem like I'm always perfect, but I am not, you know, I'm not, I, my, my sugars are out of range just like other people's. So you're a normal guy with normal stuff. It is mm-hmm. kind of normal to just bottom out at the end of the day after a long day of moving around. Yeah. So what's next? Yeah, that was good. He's like, I'm on. I'm on to the next. I'm already past. I'm on the. I'm past the move. As you okay, so you're so on to the next. No wonder you're Mr. Dallas Diabetes Celebrity Man. You're getting private screenings. Oh yeah. To <laughs> to events now. Like I just, I'm just trying to understand how I can get on your level. Give us like. So you went to see Air. Like, I did. I got so. Background information. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have enough followers where I have. I get to do some cool things like outside of diabetes that I like. And I talk about movies enough and like, it, you know, whatever lifestyle influencing that I do. And it kind of reminded me that like, there is a component of content creating that I do outside of diabetes and have always done. And it's mostly fashion and it's comedy. It's just like being silly. And so yeah. I remember right before COVID, the last movie that I saw on one of these previews was Bad Boys for Life. So I took my buddy Moyet and... <laughs> We went and saw it, and I took like dumb photos with the with the poster, and just like had a had a great time. And then, obviously, when movies went away during COVID, like these opportunities kind of stopped coming up. And then, like the first one that came back was for J Lo, J Lo's movie Shotgun Wedding with Josh Duhamel, <laughs> and I, and it was first of all bad, but we got we watched it at home, so we didn't go to that one. But it just made me say, it made me kind of like laugh at myself to be like, wow, my level of internet celebrity is streaming J Lo movie in 2023 <laughs> exclusive passes to that. So when Air came through, a movie that I really wanted to see, I was psyched. So yeah. I put my Jordans on. Eric and I went to the movie and we had a blast. And the movie was really, really good. Ben Affleck made the best Amazon movie. I think it's the the best movie that Amazon has produced. Matt Damon is great. Viola Davis is great. Diabetes Goat, I think, if we're being totally honest. Okay. Viola Davis. Yeah. Uh, and she plays Michael Jordan's mom in the movie, and she was awesome. There's a scene where her, her and Matt Damon are just going back and forth, and it's just a two people at the top of their craft like doing their thing. And so I highly recommend you see it. It's a movie about Michael Jordan and about Nike. It's like a Nike propaganda film, so of course you're going to like Nike it. Nike propaganda. Now it's they're great. making movies about millionaires who are like how they got to do the struggle of being millionaires. Right. Well, you know, it was a, it was a really cool thing of like the journey of Nike and where they stood at the time and like Michael Jordan's impact like off the court as well. It's just the, 
you know, the guy continues to impress. I am going to push you a little bit further with this thing. So you are celebrity and celebrity adjacent. Like you've done other stuff. Remember when you did the express shoot? You had oh, that yeah. live with Tan France. You had to talk to Tan France. I sure And did. other famous people. You did the live with or the Beyond Type 1 spotlights with Victor Garber. How does how does one do this, Rob Howe? Like, how do you give us the blueprint? Like, do you have an agent? I don't, but I've thought about it recently. I've like, because I'm trying to like delegate things that I don't have time for anymore. Okay. Like, what would an agent do for me on that side of things? I don't know if that's the move yet, but it's something I've considered. I got to be the host, you know, like I think that's bit where, you know, I really, what I really like to do and, and, you know, with those beyond type one, imagine spotlights, like, because camps were canceled those two yeah. years. So they needed to talk to people. And so, yeah, I've, I've gotten to do two interviews with Victor Garber. I don't know that he remembered me, honestly. He's so cool. Uh, between two interviews, he was very cool. And I was trying to make jokes with him about uh, how he's uncredited in the town because he's like such good friends with Ben Affleck and really? Jennifer Garner. Like he and Jennifer Garner are like BFFs because they were on, what's the show? That, what was her big hit, her first big break? It was a TV show on ABC. Anyway, God, now that's going to be, it's one word. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But they they like became really good friends and he actually was the officiant at Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner's wedding. Crazy. So he's in the town, but he's uncredited. And I was talking to him about that and he didn't care at all. <laughs> he you were such a all. nerd. But we had a good interview, and, and so yeah, I've, I've interviewed him twice. I, I've done a couple interviews with Sam Talbot that uh, you know will never be aired, but they were also really cool. The Tan France Express thing, like I actually got like a cold email, just like auditioned for that, yeah, and got it, which was cool, and I like, really fit like what they were looking for, and that was a really awesome experience. And so, well, the reason and, I asked yeah. you is because right now it seems like. Every time I turn around, and maybe it's just my algorithm, I don't know other diabetes creators, but it's like, how to create content, how to be a UGC creator, how to this, how to that. And so it's like, we have the UGC creators sitting right next to us at Diabetics doing things. They're like, just ask Rob. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is what I do for my job, right? So yeah. like, that is like part of the agency life. I do think that it's oversimplified and people are just trying to like get views. And, and at the same time, like I get a lot of insight from some of those things as well. Very cool. But I think what's interesting is like some of those videos are focused on like how to hack the algorithm to get the, you know, give the algorithm what it wants or give the platform what it wants. And to me, no creator that's, you know, a creator that we know by name started off by trying to hack the algorithm. They started to make something artful and creative that a lot of people would like think of somebody like donald glover who's like literal like the swiss army knife of creative talent like he's a, a writer he's an actor he's a singer songwriter rapper yeah he does the whole thing and it has nothing to do with like hacking the algorithm he just like no he, he's an artist right so he's doing something he loves it makes me think of like ariana Freire and like her graphics that yeah, she yeah. really really enjoys or mary Mosier, like some people that don't necessarily get all the spotlight that they should but they're making the content because they enjoy it so shout out to you two guys so that's yeah and mind. i mean like you look at ariana like as a super creative person whether mm -hmm. it's like party planning or outfits or like the themes that she and her husband do like her wedding even so it's like people are creative in their own ways and in their own lanes and i think that that's you know back to the things that i do outside of diabetes like fashion and uh and comedy the and things you love being goofy and traveling and all that stuff yeah the stuff that i really like to do i think that comes out being creative and obviously cold plunging and, you know, being healthy and being an athlete like that to me, my, my framework has always been like, what does an athlete do? Like, you know, endorsement deals with clothes and shoes, 
you know, traveling and, and that type of thing, speaking. And, and, and that's sort of my life has followed that trajectory. Like above all, I am an athlete and like, that's just, you know, it's weird. If I go a couple of days without training, I just feel weird because like my whole life has been on that rhythm. And so, so if I were to go home and write in my journal, Rob Howe said this to be a good content creator. Like, what is that line? Like, what is a Rob Howe advice? I think you have to be true to what you want to do, because if you become popular for something that you hate, like, then you will have to continue to do something that you hate over and over and over again. And I think that's where, you know, you see a lot of content creators talking about their mental health, like depleting. Well, first of all, you're opening yourself up to people who don't know you and will just say whatever they want to you. So if you're not comfortable with that, like I would advise you not to do it. But yeah, do something that you love and like something that you can do for a long time because like this podcast this is going to be episode like 227 of this podcast, yeah. which is 227 days where we had to schedule something to happen with another person, sometimes in another country. So if you don't love like that aspect of it, you're never going to be successful. Same thing with like sports. I, I, I would tell the same thing for somebody who's like, what do I tell my kid who they really like basketball like, or they really like football or whatever? What do I tell them? I would say, well, if you don't love it, you will never be successful at it because there's more days that you will hate it and you will hate the process and you will hate having to go to practice at 6 a.m. and you will hate when someone's yelling at you. But if you love the game, if you love the content, if you love yeah. the thing you're doing, that is what will power you through on the days where you don't want to show up. And the key is to show up over and over and over and over and over and you will get better and better and better. My first, I don't even want to listen to my first 20 podcasts, but, or my next hundred podcasts, <laughs> but like once you get through it and get better, my first public speaking gig, my first keynote speech in St. Louis in 2018 was nowhere near as good as my most recent one was. And that's because I continued to show up to do it. So I think that's what you have to do as a creator is continue to show up to the desk to check in and clock in at robhowcontent.com Rob Howe content, yeah. you know, ink and say, Hey, here, I work here today. I'm going to, I'm going to get a paycheck from this. Maybe not in money for a long time, but I'm going to continue to show up and do the work. And over time you will get somewhere. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> I don't no. know if that'll get you, you know, I can't promise you results, but you will learn. And I think Mr. Beast has a quote and he's an amazing creator, you know, like the, one of the OG YouTubers. He's like, you want to be famous on YouTube? He's like, okay, cool. Make a hundred videos. No one's going to watch them, but something will happen after you've made your 101st. It'll be so much better than your first one. Yeah. And that sometimes is really the only measuring stick you can get is like, did I get better today compared to myself? Because like the comparison culture thing is also really challenging. Looking to the left and to the right of, oh, well, I don't have what this person has or somebody could listening and say, well, I would love to be a diabetes podcaster. Because like, look at all this cool stuff that Rob is doing. And back to that 227 episodes, it's like, are you ready to put in? And, you know, also there were some tough times. Like I've, I've multiple times wondered if I wanted to continue doing this. And every time I come back to it, I really love to. So back to the host thing, man, it lights me up to get to be on a meeting yeah. invite with Victor Garber. Like that's so sick. I, I have a chance like early on in the podcast I really wanted to, maybe one of the only reasons that I started doing this is because I heard Adam Morrison talk to JJ Reddick on his podcast about struggling with diabetes being part of why he wasn't successful in the NBA. And that may, I wanted to talk to him about that. And, you know, I might have a chance to do that in six weeks. So again, like along the journey, you'll be opened up to opportunities that are super cool, but it takes the bricklaying and the the interviews with just amazing community members who want to share their story 
or trying to come up with ideas for podcasts like we're doing here today yeah. just to get in the rhythm and get in the mode to make it happen. So yeah, you know, remember the live show? Yeah. Uh, you know, that took like... The live show's where I got my start. That's where you got your that's start. That's where I planted like, my seed. That was where you were like OG hype squad, right? Yeah. So like, you know, that those planning that out was, there were no sponsors. There was no, like, all it was was, you know, 30 people watching it every and week. And we were all stuck at home. We were, but we had panini. some cool people on it. We yeah, had, you did. You know, we uh, had the, Sam was the big finish right before he got like canceled out of the diabetes community. But I mean, it's, it's powerful to hear you say it because I think that people find your account, they click on it. They're like, oh, this guy's so cool. And they think that you just like, I mean, I'm not saying you were not born cool, but it's just like he got this falling out of nowhere. And it's like, no, like you've worked really hard to get here. And also I think transparency between creators is important. Like I am still growing as a creator. There's so many people who listen to this that are also creators. And that kind of advice is like needed and not openly shared. And sometimes even like it feels like it's being gatekeeped. And well, I don't like that. It's hard, you know. It's people want to hold on to what they have. Something that I learned, it was a gift for me really listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast episode with Terry Crews was he was talking about in the, in the NFL, he, his rookie year, Terry Crews' rookie year, he was on a team with some veterans who gave him advice to do the wrong thing. Oh man. So he like, they set him up for failure and he's like, you know, people kept saying, yeah, in the pros, it's a doggy dog world, doggy dog world. And he's like, so that was part of my mentality. He's like, but then I realized like dogs don't eat other dogs. Damn. And he's like, so when I came to that, like, you know, there's enough for us all to eat. There's enough, you know, there's enough people with diabetes to support a ton of diabetes creators. I'm so excited when I meet other diabetes creators because, you know, whatever part of the journey that they're in, or even if they have more notoriety than I do, or whatever, like, I just, I'm excited that that exists. And I think for all the negative things that social media can bring to people, myself included, it gives you an opportunity to have a platform and like do what you want to do and to make your art. And, uh, you know, supporting that is something that we are slowly but surely like chopping wood, carrying water to bring to life so that, you know, diabetics doing things can you know, be a platform and be a space where somebody who's interested in being a diabetes creator can find and maybe yeah. make money from or, or have an opportunity to do something from compared to 10 years ago when you know that, that didn't exist. So, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of an interesting, I, I wasn't really ready to talk about this as much today. It was today, on the but list it, wrong. But it, <laughs> yeah, but no, but we've talked a lot about it, like done 15 minutes on it now on the pod. But I think if you want to do something and it doesn't exist, that is just a, a sign to you that it's your time to do it. And that's like that. If you want to read a book and it doesn't exist, like write it yourself. Who said that? Somebody said that. Yeah. Somebody very important. That's a that. great, that's a great piece. And like also back to transparency, we got eight people registered for an event right now. Yeah. We're going to have 20 max. Like that's not a ton of people. Right. But it's a start. And so again, like when people think like, oh yeah, Rob's doing this thing. It's like mad successful. It's like so cool. It's like, yeah, but I'm just trying to get eight strangers to show up to a coffee shop yeah, <laughs> you know, on some level. So I just want to make it cool. Yeah. You know, like Kendrick said, you know, I got to make it look sexy, you know, yeah. just like, just that's, that's the thing. Like I, that was the brief for me. I was like, I wanted whatever my diabetes output is to be cool because yeah, yeah. so much of diabetes is not cool. So that's, that's what I want to do. And we're we're getting there. 
Absolutely. You know, I, I got, you know, just the, this is the last, the last piece I'll tell you guys. And we'll move on to the next topic because I, I want to dig into this basketball thing. It's actually a nice transition, but low key, I'm the host. Yeah. So that's just what, that's I, fine. <laughs> what I bring to the table. When I was in college, 2010 was my junior year. 2009-2010 was my junior year. Gary Forbes was playing for the Nuggets, so he was 50 minutes north, and I was in Colorado Springs. And I read an article in the Denver Post about his diabetes, and I had like watched him play a couple times even without knowing he had diabetes. And I was like, seeing that in 2009-2010, I was a kid inspired by what he was doing, and now he and I are friends, and he's been on the podcast yeah. three times. So. You Shout know, out Gary. You, you never know when yeah, people come into your life for weird reasons. You know, Adam Morrison was the the face when I was diagnosed. That same year he was National Player of the Year, the same year I was diagnosed. And I got to shake his hand, you know, seven years ago. And that just because of my like he's friends with one of my best friends. So it's like you never know when, like, you can meet your heroes. Some people say don't meet your heroes because they can disappoint you. But, like, if you don't have the expectation, if you just leave yourself open to maybe something down the road, if I just keep, if I just stay in the game, yeah. just stay in the fight, then when the time is right, I can, I can get, I can have that success. I can still, I can look that person in the eye and say, you know, thank you for what you were able to give me before you even knew this. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you made a huge difference in my life. Oh, the light jump went up. up. Yeah, jump up and down. There's a there's a motion there's, there's a motion sensor somewhere. Uh, I think it's behind that that bookshelf. It's fine. Uh, I'm sorry, but so like nobody else can see this, but over Rob here. has a very tiny wife, and she was just jumping in the air trying to get the motion sensor to work, and it was so funny. There we go. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. But this is a perfect segue into another thing that you've been showing up for the last million years of your life, but basketball. Yeah. It is a good segue. It was perfect. <laughs> uh, so the, yeah, I've, I play basketball my whole life. I love it. It's my favorite thing. I still do. I got an a inquiry from mm -hmm. our website, like a, a submission form asking about lows after playing basketball, like like oh, after po okay. post basketball lows, and so and she's like, "Hey, like, how can we?" And my son is is playing basketball, and we're having these lows after the game, and I have those two today. <laughs> so really, what I'm here to tell you is that basketball makes your blood sugar go low after. So here's here's the breakdown, and I sent this to to her as well. So. The beginning of the, at the beginning, you're going to get on the court and because your heart is racing and you're experiencing stress, stress is not a bad word, but like your body is stressed, your brain is engaged, you're actively out there, your blood sugar goes up because you have the adrenaline and the cortisol and the stress yeah. that's setting you up. And also you're exercising so hard that you're like during that time, it's high intensity over a long period of time. So it's kind of the worst of the, of both because you're doing the steady state cardio, but at a higher intensity. So you're insulin resistant, you're producing stress and cortisol, yeah. and you're having a steady state cardio at a high level. So when you stop, <laughs> boom, you hit the like, double arrows down. So I was telling her, her you know, the caregiver of, of the type one, yeah, you're just gonna have to, especially when you're small, because when you're smaller, insulin obviously is a bigger, dosage because yeah. of your body your your mass your size so 
you got to be prepared to be super absorbent. You're going to be super insulin absorbent after a basketball game. Yeah. So I was kind of walking through like where the blood sugars I like to start the game with. I like to be like between 130 and 180. I know I'm probably going to go over 200 during the course of the game because that's just how my body works. But once we stop, it's going to come down. And I also told her that I do not get it right all the time. So even like the two, three days before she emailed me, I had a really tough, urgent low, like 11 p.m. after a basketball game because it was just what happens. So being prepared, you know, post-game meal, you got to eat some protein. You got to slow some stuff down. You got to stay hydrated, the whole thing. And, you know, some people like myself, I don't really love to play or exercise with a lot of insulin on board because there's just a lot of variables. It gives me anxiety. Well, I yeah, do I, that. Mean, I have to put my pump in exercise mode. And I'm like, how much insulin do I have on board? It's tough because if I go into a game right before I have to, you know, I'm going to ride that adrenaline wave. If I have a bunch of insulin on board, it's not going to be as steep. Yeah. And then I'm going to be lower. And then afterwards, the crash is going to be hardcore. You're chasing so, that low. Mm-hmm. So, and I, you know, also like your energy has to factor into it and, and all of that stuff. So, yeah, all that to say, basketball is complicated. And, you know, I actually have a reel that I'm going to post very soon after we record this. That kind of walks you through the day, how I get ready for a pickup basketball game for like two hours of basketball and what happens to my blood sugar and wearing my pump on my, in my Woloco tights and all this stuff close to me. So, um, how Rob balls basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how I, how I go play basketball. So it's, uh, and it's something that I do all the time. So. We're looking forward to that content. And I think that'll be helpful to followers who, I mean, not just basketball people, but like, so it makes me think of soccer. Or like, I don't know, gosh, just any field hockey, just anything that's high endurance, high stress. Makes me think of like, I don't know, like, like you know when your dog plays too hard and then after they're all like zooming out, like laying there, can't breathe, very thirsty. That's what that makes me think of because it's like they're going, 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 their brain is so engaged. So you're just on the court, brain engaged, in your killer mamba mode. So after there's that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just a natural, once you accept that it's not you, yeah. It's just how your body works and diabetes is a part of it. You mentioned soccer. Like that's got to be, that's even tougher because yeah. you can't come out of the game. Like you, the substitutions are limited. So if you oh. come out, you can't go back in. So how do you manage that? And also it's a lot longer. And, you know, so, I, you know, I think we've, I don't know if we've had like a real, we've had a goalie, I think on, or a keeper on before. I'm Adding like, it to my producer I don't know list. We've had a striker or like a defender on this, somebody that's like running for two hours. Yeah. You know, that's. That's pretty significant. So yeah, we got to get some intense. In. Absolutely, get there. Jordan uh, Morris, where you at, bro? <laughs> Come on the pod. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Last thing with you is you went to Miami. I did. Yeah. Why aren't you Tanner? But you just got back. <laughs> we were we were there for like one day. I I didn't really spend that much time out by the pool, and that's okay. <laughs> Erica got some burn though, and we it was just a quick little work trip for Erica. I was say she looks tan. You don't. I was I just don't, like, yeah, what, look, did you I, even go? I look pretty normal. Uh, it was a last minute work thing and I got to go be, you know, you, we were talking about like being a creator and being the show. I got to be like undercover and like, she got to be the show. I got to be the support, which is typically the opposite. You know, the opposite. And yeah. so that was fun for me to, to do. And I got to see her in her element and, you know, hear some of her coworkers rave about her. Zero surprises there. Yeah, of course. So we had a good time and uh, we, Erica and I have been, been watching a lot of Below Deck, mostly Erica, and we got to go on a yacht charter cruise okay. for a thing. So, Fancy. you know, I was doing my my bits about Below Deck, and I, I love Captain Lee. Captain Lee. Wow. He's my guy. You are one with the universe. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, that was cool, and we got to travel a little bit and then come back. So it was like a 
really breakneck pace the last two weeks and looking forward to actually having some time to work on my projects. Any diabetes mishaps on your little Miami trip? Are you good? No mishaps. You know, I just, I changed my site on, that was part of my like routine. Like it was, it was time. I'm on my seven day infusion set. You lucky dog. Oh, it's nice. It's really good. I saw a study the other day that said that I actually improved people's mental health. I have to send you the link for it, but I saw that somewhere. Oh yeah, please do send me that. I 100% agree. It's amazing how, so, you know, your typical site lasts two or three days. Yeah. That's been my, you know, my experience in the sites that I've been wearing my whole, you know, time with diabetes and just the, you know, basically you're doubling that. Like it's a little bit more than double the time, but like just to remove one site change, like for every one site you change, you basically get two. So it's like But like it's not more sensitive because like, okay, I'm someone who does two colors outside the lines. So sometimes I'll leave my site in for five days. Don't do this. I am not a doctor, but (laughs) I'll do that. And so then when I take it off, like today, there's like a little bump there or it's like irritable. Like, is that not, is it? So I, I've never, I don't think I did an, a five day, maybe once on like my other sites. And, but yes, of course, like, you know, and I, and I remember to shout out my boy Scriven, <laughs> OG diabetes doing things, contributor, my guy. He, he talked about that. Like he could tell when his sites started to become like insulin resistant, that's how he would, yeah. he would change them. That's yeah. how he would know to change them. And so. I feel a little bit of that on like day six or seven and where I'm like, okay, cool. It's like time to, you know, I feel like I'm running like, you know, a little bit higher and it's like probably time. And there is a little irritation, but a lot of the work that they've done on the technology is to prevent that and to make them, you know, because ultimately like when you put a site in your body, your body attacks it. Yeah. It's over a foreign the, object. It's a foreign object. And it's like, well, you know, it, it treats, treats it like an infection, which is why it gets inflamed. So. The so longer that, the longer they they can keep it from breaking down, yeah. like the less inflamed it is. And I will say that I have had less or the same amount of inflammation that I would have from a site wearing it two or three days. And I have one hundred percent sure I am positive of this. Had fewer sites fail or become occluded. Wow! And that's by a, a significant margin. Now, whether that's the new technology or like the pump break last year, like giving my sites time to heal, I don't know, but. That's been what my experience is. Well, lucky you. This is a perfect segue to telling you what my diabetes mishap was. Can't wait. I was at home and I had three sensors fail in one day. Ugh. So Dexcom, you change sensor every 10 days. That's how it works. Uh, you keep the transmitter. That's the thing that you replace, right? So mm-hmm. I put in one site and it failed during the warm-up. I was like, all right, cool. I have two more before I have to like, you know, re-up on my script. Did the second one fails again during a warm-up which is also annoying because like the warm-up is two hours so these first like 15 minutes like for it to fail 15 minutes we we're like now we wasted 35 40 minutes like what the heck so i was like okay i have one more i went ahead and did the third one when i tell you that when it deployed i felt like the thing not click all the way through and i was just mm. like every curse word in my mind you know i went online so if that happens to you you can go online and fill out the dexcom request form and they will send you replacements so like you're not sol but by the time it gets here, like, it's been four days, man. So I'm sitting here living like it's 2010 for me and pricking my finger. And it just kind of gave me a lot of gratitude for not having to do that all the time. But it also made me very unhappy. I was not a happy gal. Like, three failed sensors. But, you know, I got them all back to back and it was fine at the end of the day. But very annoying. 
it's the worst it's the worst thing like when it fails and i think like you're you're right it gives you perspective because you remember like we're spoiled yeah that we are very lucky and fortunate i think that is a actually a principle of stoicism like seneca talks about that mm-hmm. every now and then you should live with like the the minimum viable you know stuff like and you know in his example he would like sleep on the floor and like only eat like vegetables or like only drink water and like and so like just to like and only wear like threadbare clothes a you know? burlap yeah, yeah sack. burlap sack or something <laughs> it's like you know really like over the top but like you know i think for for me something like this is like a little bit trivial but like lately i've been not ordering delivery for things because it's expensive me too. it's expensive and, and there's a lot of fees and it's like it really isn't that big of a deal for me to get off my butt in my car and go pick something up yeah and so i've been trying to do that to just be a more conscious and i think that is so much more of where i'm at today is like i'm focused on being intentional and being conscious of what I'm doing and being act an active participant in my own life. Yeah. And, you know, part of that has been through like tragedy because, you know, losing friends and close loved ones and realizing that, oh man, like your life's not going to happen tomorrow. It's like happening right now. And yeah. You are a part of it. And if you don't notice it, it can go by really quickly and you will regret the time that you were just spending doing bullshit rather than like what you wanted to do, whether that's like be a creator or in your relationships or or anything like that. And so we were kind of talking about this before. Like I had dinner with friend of the pod, Eric Van Leeuwen. Shout out Eric. One of just an all time homie. And we were talking about this and I was like, man, yeah, I used to have Twitter deleted off my phone. Like things were so much better. And I was like, oh, I should just delete this right now. And this is back in like December. I think we had dinner. And so it's been off my phone since then. And wow. like from that day, I can just like chart my mental health increasing. <laughs> it's just really funny. And I still like, I'm not uninformed. I know what's going on. And I just am doing these little things to help keep my, you know, one consistency, intention, awareness, noticing things, being more involved in my friends and family's life. And I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited about that. I love that we're talking about noticing things. I felt like the whole time that I had the mishap, I just had to pay way more attention to my body than I usually would have. Like I, so I went to the, I went to the gym with this like boo thing or whatever, and I did not have a Dexcom, right? So it's like following our little Eritrea goes on dates trend. But anyways, so I had given him my glucometer to like put in his bag. I'm not going to carry a, ba- a duffel bag to the gym. I'm cute. All right, so we had a little bit of a technical difficulty. We'll edit it out. But we'll you're... I went to the gym. You're, you're doing hot girl stuff, so you don't carry gym yes, bags. Yes, I don't carry stuff. I'm cute. So I put all my stuff in his little duffel bag, which was like my glucometer and juice boxes and snacks or whatever. But we went to Lifetime, which is a fancy rich people gym. Mm-hmm, yeah. I go to LA Fitness, girl. I'm poor. Anyways. I used to be a Lifetime Dallas member. This. Okay, fancy. Oh, this is nice. They got a juice bar. Shout out Paloma. She's the one who taught me what a lifetime was. Uh, so when he was like, I loved her lifetime content. When he was like, we're going to lifetime. I was just like, oh, I'm in the I'm in the Paloma ranks now. Anyways, we go, we're working out, whatever, we're doing weights. And then suddenly, because you as you guys know, I'm hypo and aware. So the whole time I'm kind of like on the edge and I'm like paying attention to my breaths. And I'm like, how do I feel? Like, am I low? Am I high? Am I just stressed? Am I just working out? Like I basically am playing guests right now, right? So after a minute, I did start to feel like I was low and I thought about it and I thought about it. I was so nervous. Like, how do I tell this guy that I, you know, not been seeing her that long? Like, hey, man, can you go get your gym bag? Because I got to prick my finger the way your grandma would if she was needing her medication. Like, it's just so awkward. But he was so nice about it. 
and went to go get my stuff, sat down, tested my sugar, 84. I was so proud of myself for listening to my body and being like, I was right. And maybe I'm not low right the second, but I'd rather be, you know, somewhere orbiting the low and treat it rather than let it go untreated and have Definitely. a seizure on a date in a lifetime. Oh, never. I would have been on the news, man. That. You're not coming back from that. You would have seen Dallas woman. But anyways, yeah, it would have just been very embarrassing. And it's just a lot. So it's just a reminder to, yes, let the people that you are dating know what's going on with you. I, I, I do. I agree. First yeah. of all, yes, 100% agree. At the same time, if just because you're using a glucometer doesn't mean that you're old school. Like, uh, Man, so I you gotta remember. So lame. I don't know why. You gotta remember. Like, I think a glucometer is nice, especially for somebody who doesn't know, because it doesn't seem as cool, uh, and it's way more serious looking. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's like, like this is a big your blood deal. is like coming out of your finger, and you're like <laughs> testing it. So it becomes like a little bit more of like a medical thing. Rather, he did than have a, a preoccupied thing. look on his face, like is she. I was uh, like, yeah, so he's worry about concerned. me. Save me. Yeah. So there you go. We talked about noticing. I'm reading this book right now called The Art of Noticing. Okay. It's this beautiful design. It is very uh, cute. Erica and I found it in this awesome bookstore in Sweden when we were there for ATTD. It's like small flex. ESD. ESD. Yeah, ESD. Sorry, ESD. Sorry, sorry, sorry. ESD. Whatever, whatever. But yeah, it's called The Art of Noticing and it's these like really, it's like daily exercises. I've been doing it before I journal. It's okay. Like so you can notice things? Yeah, it's like some of them are like actual tactical things like like look up and like or like go to a museum and like only look at one thing. Yeah. <laughs> and just look at it for an hour. And so it's Man. just like just a different way of like noticing things and looking at things and it's helping me be a better husband, I think, and help me keep things more clean. I think this <laughs> is so much better than having cuz like I was just thinking, I mean, the whole reason I'm thinking about the glucometer is because I was noticing the absence of a privilege that I have, sure. which is having a CGM. So in life as humans, I feel like we lean into gratitude when we notice absence of something. Sure. But this is just notice it because it's there, you know, like be grateful every day kind of vibe. Exactly. It's very, very absolutely in my wheelhouse for sure. Okay. <laughs> for sure in that wheelhouse. Like not very surprising, but a good, a cool book to have on your desk and I... It's by Rob Walker, so shout out Rob Walker. I don't know. This is it's been good. That helps me with our last thing that we're kind of going to talk about, which is that I am a homeowner now. I feel like we haven't talked about it on the pod. Damn, I have not talked about it. I'm announcing it in the public, like I own my property. Woo, real estate. But <laughs> the point is that I'm just gonna say it. That shit is expensive. It is expensive, <laughs> yeah. and I have diabetes, and it's expensive too. Yeah, man. So I like that's also why I was so upset about like my sensors not working. So I was like, girl, how am I gonna pay for this? I'm feeling the heat of being not a privileged person anymore, kind of, because I feel like maybe everybody thinks that we do this pod, we're on the internet, like we're both people from supreme privilege and have all these things. And while I still do have a lot of that, I'm just, my budget's a lot smaller now. I got to think about the things I'm going to spend my money on. I have to be intentional and I have to notice stuff. So this week I'm leaning into being grateful for my home instead of thinking so much about how I want to be in Mexico right now very badly. Or my brother just left for Guatemala this morning. I'm like, I want to be in Guatemala, man. Like, I'm not trying to be here. So grateful, gratitude all the time. Ooh, it's hard. It reminds me of a poem that I'm writing. A haiku? <laughs> no, it's actually going to be an anthology. It's called Every Homeowner is a Farmer. <laughs> Every Homeowner is a Farmer. <laughs> and, you know, I, th I I was always roasting my landlords over the years and, like, how lazy they were and, like, all these, like, you know, rigged up jobs they would do man but here i am rigging stuff up on a regular basis like we've almost been in our house it'll be two years this fall and i'm not even going to share all the weird mice and like 
bugs and just weird. But like, you know, who else is going to do this? And it's like, oh, I'm the one. They got remember when you were I'm the, the mosquito one that has to killer. Kill me. Remember not, that? Yeah, I do the fly killer. I do the remember fly that. killer. I will say that I did think that that was normal. I thought that was going to be like my life. That I was just going to be fighting <laughs> flies. But luckily, at the house that we own, uh, there are not an absurd amount of flies. So good luck to him. And if you missed that era of Rob's content where he was like outside with bags of water, some people say, some people say that it was the peak Rob era that I peaked during the fly, the fly infestation of 2020. I just never forget the guy who hated on you for it online. Like the one, the one random comment. I was like, like, why does this guy love killing flies? Yeah. He's like, you're lame. I was like, okay, bro, let me do my art. My (laughs) artist killing flies. Like I love, like I remember every day, Cause it was the pandemic. So at work from home, so five o'clock would hit and you know, the sun would be coming down and be like, bing, just like time to go outside and check my fly traps. <laughs> and I just like, it, was, it had this great routine and I was just, it was so much fun. And my aunts loved it for some reason. Like I'm not even super close with a ton of my like, you know, extended family. But they were like, would tell my mom, like, oh my God, I love Rob's fly content. <laughs> Practical advice for a homeowner if you need help with flies. Yeah, I mean, you know, homeowners, we'll, we'll get you right. We'll make sure you oh, have geez. the right tools. We'll make sure you have the right tools. And, you know, I had to order like a little pink box set of tools so I could make, cause like I didn't even have a screwdriver. Like, what an idiot. You like, have brothers though. So you can like, if, if something dies in the wall, you can call them and they can yes. come drag it out or something, you know. Texas, like, that's the thing people don't talk about enough is that this is a wild place. No, so the other day, this is the last thing we can say about it. Did I ever send you that picture of the huge lizard that my dog caught in my fireplace? Yeah, so I was in a diatribe meeting. I'm literally sitting there in the meeting, and suddenly my dog just, like, attacked Luela. She's a pit bull. She attacks this thing in the fireplace, and I literally did not have time to mute myself or turn the camera off. I just started screaming. I was like, stop, don't drop it. So she drops it. It's. I will send you a picture. It is huge. It is massive. Texas right, is so, not safe. Since we're sharing stories, I'll, I'll tell, tell the me, sto- <laughs> tell me, tell me your critter infestation so, story. So similar to your screaming. So we opened up the like, it's like a weekend. I'm cleaning. I'm like doing laundry, and I'm like loading my clothes in the lawn, uh, the washing machine. And I and Erica goes and lets the dogs out. And then all of a sudden, I hear her like yelling, like panicked, like Rowan, no, no, no. And so I run out there. And I'm like, oh my god, what's happened? So there's this little hole in like one of the bricks that leads to the like. A crawl space in our house that was just like there for ventilation and this mouse had like come out of it and it was a big mouse and the dogs like as it was coming out the dogs went outside and rowan went to attack it and it broke its back in the hole so stop it was stuck so we got rowan inside he like kind of scratched rowan a little bit so it was almost traumatic but luckily like nobody was hurt except for the mouse rowan don't play and yeah, rowan don't play he will kill <laughs> yes. he'll kill he's out for blood and this mouse, I couldn't like wouldn't let me grab it to like pull it out, and Man. this is where the diabetes comes. In. I can't believe I haven't shared this, but here we go. So I had no way to kill. The, I was like, it came down to it, like I'm gonna have to kill this mouse, and I didn't want to like smash it in that hole because then I have to like clean up the messy mess, and it's like a cute mouse, and it's like this was like over the period of like a while. This is like it ruined my day. Okay, I, and when I say ruined it, like my day was fine, but it's just like a big. I hated it. So sucked. I had to come up with a way to kill this mouse in a humane way. So, well, what do I have on my disposal? Did you give it insulin? I did. I did. And I had to give it two big doses because the first dose didn't work. This is your viral moment. It was terrible. I hated every minute of it. And then I had to kill the mouse afterwards because like, it wasn't dead. But I could see it like getting sweaty and like shaking. I was like, you gave it low, low blood sugar. Yeah. And then I got it out. It was all fucked up. It was, excuse pardon my language. It was just ugly. It was ugly. Every homeowner is a farmer. I 
Coming this fall. Breathe. Coming this fall. I'm writing this poem. I was like, cause like this is farm stuff, man. Like we are in Texas, like there's giant spiders and mice and lizards in the chimney. And like it's just a weird place. Did you know that if you catch something, I learned this at work because when this happened, obviously, like everyone at work was like, Eritrea is a crazy person. Like she screams, whatever. My boss told me that if you catch something like feral, like a lizard or a mouse or something in California, it is the law. You have to kill it. You have to kill it. You cannot keep it. Like you have to murder that. So you follow the Californian law. I mean, if it's California law, it's got to be Texas law too. We I don't, do crazy know, I don't stuff understand down here. that. It sounds like something your boss might have just made up on the spot. But I'll tell you I what: know. when this mouse had its broken back, come sticking out of my house. Oh no! I had no choice but to do the right thing, man. You know, I had to do the right thing. And like I, you know, I had just seen Avatar: Way of Water, so I like, you know, I told him I was like, I'm sorry, my brother, and I killed him. Oh, why am I laughing? I had to do, you know, I respect respect nature. I love nature. You guys know that. I love nature. Well, this is a great way for us to close out the show because the last thing that I wanted to tell the listeners is that if you think you are existing on the internet, if you think you are just, you know, posting things willy-nilly, Rob Howe will appear the way he appeared for that mouse, and he is a menace. So be careful in your comments, and if you are a mouse, oh, yeah. oh, don't yeah. live in Rob's house. Professional commenter. So, yeah, we were, ta- we were talking about, like, what... What you were you okay? So you disclosed something to some random commenter, and I so I peeped it. I'm not gonna tell you guys what it is. You'll just have to wait for a future episode. And I peeped it, and I was like, "Ooh, Rob, is this happening in your personal life?" And you were like, "Maybe." Remember? And you were like, "Oh yes, I try to make these great comments where I get a hundred likes a week." And yeah, I was like, so "What is wrong with I, you?" I have a side mission. I'm just I don't know. Like I need something else to do, but I love commenting. And because my I suppose I have so many followers my comments often appear as like top comments like yeah. before you expand. So uh, so I'll just comment on stuff and the stuff that I think is funny. And so my goal is to get a comment every week with over 100 likes. And so this week I hit three over wow. 300. So I'm, I'm professional. He came Rob for the Howell, hat professional trick. commenter. <laughs> yeah. So if you see me commenting, just know that I'm I'm here for the crown. I just I love You should it. like his comment. Maybe he'll follow you back and you can get him lurking in your comments. They're pretty funny. You come in clutch. You're a yeah, funny guy. I don't know how to find yeah, you know, if you follow the accounts that I follow, you will see my comments. I, I do see I'm, you. I'm in I'm in there. You're in the fashion accounts talking about things you love. But this has been great. I love this and yeah. I hope that we continue to do it because we love to do it. Yeah. Chop wood, carry water. We'll see you next month. Absolutely. But don't forget to email us at mailbag at diabeticsdoingthings.com. We still want to get your questions, hear from you. It's been light in there and I don't know. I haven't been promoting it enough. We just got to get, we got to get on our grind. Yeah. Okay. Chop wood, carry water. Rome wasn't built in a day. We'll make it happen. See you guys in May. Bye.